You're listening to the Live Fiercely podcast, episode number 12. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Bridget Showquist. Bridget is a fierce lady and I adore her. She is a life coach, a mama, a wife, and she is rocking life. She has so much insight to share with you today and I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. So without further ado, Bridget Showquist. Welcome to the Live Fiercely Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Wilford. Each week, I'll empower you with tips to live your best life and tools to grow your direct sales business. So grab a cup of coffee, because you know I have one, and get ready to live fiercely. This is Bridget. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Bridget, can you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners? Yes. So I am Bridget Showquist. I am a Bear Certified Life Coach. So my specialty is coaching women to fall in love with themselves again. Is kind of this Bear method is a seven step process that helps with that. Um, I live in Hudson, Wisconsin, with my husband Casey. And we have two little girls that are three and five and a dog, Lottie, who you may hear in the background every once in a while. (laughs) That's okay. That's life. That's mom life, right? Whether it's mom life for babies or real babies. Love it. Exactly. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. That's right. Bridget and I actually go way back. We played the French horn together in high school. Bridget was really good. I was really not, but tolerated me. (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) No, I wasn't. But we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. We had an infamous section, I must say. We, we were. were always fun. Absolutely. Tell me more about what made you want to become a Bear Certified Life Coach. Well, so I was at one point an athletic trainer for 10 years. Um, I actually got my master's degree in that. And by about year seven, I would say, I realized I didn't want to do that anymore, but I just kept pushing through because that's what I got my education in and spent a lot of money (laughs) getting educated in that. Um, And it kind of took like a near breakdown to realize I don't want to do that. And so I was lucky that I was able to stay home with the girls And during that time, I left my job and stayed home. I knew I wanted to do something to empower women because I just felt powerless while I was working, pregnant, being a new mom, being a new mom to two kids. There just wasn't much support. So I knew I wanted to do something to empower women. And I randomly, um, someone told me about this book, Bear, by Susan Hyatt. And before I finished, I knew that was exactly it of what I wanted to do was that was the way I could empower women was by being a life coach. That's so awesome. And I love that you just took that idea that, okay, I know this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you didn't just deal with it and you did it. You, you changed what you wanted to do. And you searched for it and you did, didn't just wait around for it to happen. You were in the process and searching and trying to figure it all out. And when you came across the right thing, you just knew. And it works like that sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, sometimes it does. And sometimes you have to talk your husband into it. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was nuts at first, but now he's seeing. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. It really, sometimes it's just one of those things where you have to take a leap of faith. If in your body you feel this is it, you just have to do it. Even if not everybody's supporting you right away, you just have to trust that eventually they will. And sometimes they just don't. Sometimes they right. might not ever. I always think in the words of Rachel Hollis, other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Exactly. So if you're doing what you feel is your calling and you're empowering women and it, that's what you want to do, then you just got to go with it and quit worrying about what other people think about you. Exactly. That is 100% true. Awesome. So you saw you needed a change. You looked into other things that you could do. It took a while, but you figured it out. What if somebody is sitting in that place right now where they aren't happy with what they're doing? They're maybe overwhelmed with life. They don't know how to move forward into the next step, whatever the next step might be. What kind of advice would you give to someone in that place? I think really checking in, um, and asking my favorite question to ask is who do you want to become and who is the kind of person that would get that outcome and just starting to live as if you're that person, you start making decisions that way. And I think my other favorite thing to tell people and myself is this isn't your practice life. This is it. So you have to choose how you're going to live it. And if you want to live it feeling, eh, this is okay. Or do you want to actually go after something you want to do and having the courage to take that step, which is hard, but finding the support and, and just doing it is what I, I would tell people, which is easier said than done, but. For sure. But you just got to do it afraid. Yes, exactly. I think about something I heard one time and when you get to your deathbed and you look back on your life, are you going to regret? not taking that step forward because you were afraid. Right. I don't want to. No, no, it's, it's not worth it because again, this isn't your practice life. This is it. And if you have kids that you want to show, would you want this for them to just live an okay life? No. Do they want to see you live an okay life? No, you just have to. No, because if they see you live an okay life, they're going to settle for an okay life too. Exactly. Especially as a mom with girls. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to show them to be empowered and to make decisions and you don't have to rely on anybody else for those decisions and just do it yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. So speaking of kids as a work at home mom, mm. how do you find balance or are dealing with mom guilt or all of the things that come with being a work at home mom? How do you, how do you balance all of that? Well, I am lucky being in a life coaching program that I have surrounded myself with life coaches and most of them are moms. <laughs> so I've had to go through a lot of coaching of my own thoughts because that's all it is, is just your own thoughts of putting guilt on yourself. So I've had to change my identity to I'm a work at home mom, which that took a long time for me to say out loud rather than just a stay-at-home mom. I am I am a work-at-home mom and there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom, but it was such a mind shift for me to know I still need to do my business stuff as well as take care of the kids. And so I had to come up with a new identity of I'm a work-at-home mom and I'm, I'm also a good mom and just kind of work through that of just keep using those power thoughts rather than going down the tube of, 
guilt of I'm working and they're playing by themselves. They don't care. They're having fun playing by themselves. And in the long run, I'm showing them how to build a business as a female, as a work at home mom. And that's the biggest drive for me. And when you are in those moments of feeling kind of guilty, how do you get yourself out of them? So I have learned to become very in tune with my body feelings. And if I'm just feeling that guilt of like, just kind of crunched over shoulders up, I know that's an icky feeling. I don't want that anymore. Um, There's a book called Self-Coaching 101 by Brooke Castillo, and it's a whole thought model. And so I use that almost on a daily basis of how you change your feelings, which change your thoughts, and that gives you a different behavior and a different result. So I have to do thought work quite a few times throughout the day, but it's just catching that, that body feeling first and then doing the work into that. And that book is available to anyone, but that's 90% of my life coaching is going through that thought work, but you can do it on your own as well. Awesome. And I do sometimes when I'm in the midst of, especially because I only have one at home. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I leave her to play, thankfully she's a good independent player, but I still deal with that some days where I feel guilty that I haven't really played with her much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to stop those thoughts. I try to not feed into those negative things that I'm telling myself about why I'm a bad mom and, and stopping them kind of before I let them spiral down, like you said. Yeah, which it, it can be very hard and it took a lot of practice to do it. Um, one other thing that helps me is we just have fun Fridays. So I know I'm always going to take them somewhere on a Friday morning and that gets me through the week. And I just keep reminding them when they're like, I don't want you to work anymore or something. Um, then I just keep reminding them of something we're going to do on Friday and they go to daycare on Thursday. So they get to see their friends on Thursdays. So it's kind of that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the only tougher days, but, um, but it is, it is nice knowing at the end of the week, we're for sure going to be doing something together that helps me probably more than them, but it helps That's me. A super fun idea. What kind of things do you do with them? So last week we met up with uh, my sister-in-law and their cousin. We went to, um, we drove all the way out to Hopkins, which is like an hour drive, but it's an indoor dome. So they turned, and that one I think was actually a skating rink, but they turned it into a whole playground area. So we went there, they got to play. Friday, we're going to an in-ground play or indoor playground in Hudson. Um, My dog sees a fox right now. So (laughs) (laughs) we have a fox living under our shed randomly. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Lots of dead animals randomly. Um, So we've gone swimming at the gym. Um, Sometimes we go hiking at the local um, state park here. Um, sometimes we go to a movie, just different, different things. Sometimes we just play outside. (laughs) It's just all random. I love that. And I have to ask as like a a budget friendly mom, Mm -hmm. how do you plan for that as far as your budget goes? Because I think a lot of moms with really little people, Mm -hmm. one income, if they're working at home, you know, there's a little bit there, but you have to plan for that because that could add up real fast. If you're doing a whole bunch of things, you've got four kids. So how do you plan for that budget wise? So I do something that costs money. I try to do once a month. Okay. And so we belong to the Y already. So we're paying a a monthly fee. So that I consider is our free time because it's included 
in there and go swimming. Um, But otherwise, like playing at the indoor dome, that was, I think, $5 total because it was like a $2 per kid or something if you had a family. So if it's something that costs more than $5, I'd rather stick to that once a month and then find more of the free things the rest of the time. That's smart. That's fun for the girls too. It teaches them that mommy works hard, Mm -hmm. but we get these fun days too. Yes. And fun. Like my, my money mantra actually is the more fun I have, the more money I make. And so I want to instill fun on them as well. Cause that's one of my top core values is to always have fun no matter what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I teach the kids too. I've taught them kind of as they get older when they're sad that I have to go to a jewelry show or work today or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, how do you think we can pay for, you know, and I'll just list a few things not to make them feel guilty, but just to help them realize like, money is important and Mm -hmm. we have to work in order to do that. Mm -hmm. But I want to supply these fun things for you. So you girls can be in gymnastics and in music lessons or whatever else have you. Um, So I try to remind them about those things too. Yeah. I think that's important as well. How old are your girls? They are three and five. Awesome. And you've been home with them for how long? Ooh, two, just over two years now. They were one in three when I stayed home, which was a disaster at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying at that? least once a week. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So um, first off, I felt like it was awful and it still makes me sick to this day to say it, but I felt like I didn't know my own kids. I saw them 30 minutes every night, which that was the other thing of, I didn't have kids to not see them. That was not the reason I had them. Um, so I had to learn their, them all over again. They had to learn me all over again, not our daycare. And um, yeah, I bawled probably the first week, almost every day where my husband would have to just be like, they're alive. You're alive. This was a good day. <laughs> the house is a disaster, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're alive. (laughs) So that was, uh, that was very hard. Someone told me it took them nine months to re to adjust to it. And I would agree. It took at least nine months to figure it out because you figure it out. And then something changes in there, especially at a one-year-old either changing all the time. So it was, um, hard to get on a schedule because there just wasn't one for more than a month. It felt like. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But eventually you figure out life. Yeah, I figured out life and I realized just because someone does it one way doesn't mean I have to do it that way. And I figured out my own ways to do things of, I can go to a park, but I, we don't have to go to a park every single day. Just, just little things like that of realizing the have tos and the shoulds. You got to let go of those. That's right. And even among the season of changing with the kids and you have to have a mom tribe to make it through motherhood, but at the same time, you can't compare, can't fall into comparitis really, because their story is different from yours, even though their kids are the same age, there's, they're different phases and you're in a different place than that mom. And so it's good for us to have each other to network and really honestly survive this stage. But, um, 
we can't fall into, oh, she does this and that and the other thing all the time. And I'm just over here trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially um, taking that further on social media of seeing pictures of they look like the perfect family. And you can't, you can't look just at that and you can't compare just at that. You should be happy for them and their happiness, but you can't be envious or miserable because you don't look like that where now I make it a point to make posts of me failing <laughs> or like some sort of issue that happened just because I don't want to post just on the good things that happened because I think it's important for people to see the fails of, of things in your daily life too. Absolutely. Or just... In general, like, I think one of my most popular social media posts ever most liked and commented on was the post that I posted of me sitting on a rock in Montana and my cellulite's just hanging out there. And I'm like, I work out six days a week, still have cellulite, don't care, get over it, it's not going away. Mm -mm. People like real. Yes. Yes. And if you get sucked into social media and comparing yourself, you've got to get off. Because those people who are only posting the good, they're only you have to realize there is the tough part of their life that they're just keeping secret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the dangerous people to compare yourself to because it's not realistic. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Coming back to you being a life coach, what is your favorite part about doing that? I know you kind of jumped into it to empower women. What is something that you love besides empowering women with your life coach business? Oh boy. Um, I, I really absolutely genuinely love seeing people succeed and doing it with their own tools. They already had inside them, just discovering what they had. That is my favorite thing to see in people is, um, them using their own tools and being empowered by themselves. Um, one client I have, Yes. But with your help. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pulling so those I, things out inside of them because you helped them pull it out. Exactly. I think a lot of people, including myself, thought life coaching was you just came to them with their, your problem and they told you what to do. But it's actually the, as a life coach, you ask powerful questions that you answer yourself and figure out your own way of doing things and learning your own tools through these powerful questions and then getting control of your thoughts to keep going (laughs) with your tools of empowerment. Mm -hmm. So one client I had, um, her goal was just to have more self-care and by learning her big challenge was just leaving work on time. And by learning to leave work on time, she had so much more fun in her life to where she said, I feel like I've been sleeping my whole life and I'm finally awake to live it because she was just following the rules of I'm done with this work. I have to go home. I have to do this, have to do this. And she just found out her own tools of, I don't have to follow a schedule all the time and learned how to find her own fun again. Cause she didn't know how to have fun. So I think that's another part going back to fun <laughs> is yeah. showing people how to have fun again. Cause I've been there of not knowing what it is and it's awful to feel that way. Right. Like you said, this is not your practice life. So why wouldn't we have fun? Why wouldn't we live in joy? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What are some other stories that you have from your coaching to give people an idea of what it means to have a life coach? 
So some other ones, um, one of my other favorite ones is a client who, so part of the step, uh, one step of bear is learning how to eat attentively. A big thing of bear is to get away from diets and um, the author wants to smash diet culture as her, her rebellion. And so teaching how to eat attentively and learning to your own body of when you're hungry and whatnot. So my one client um, loved going to the state fair, um, but she hadn't gone in years because she had overeaten to the point of where she's thrown up or almost thrown up every time. Like that was her challenge was to eat so much to where you want to vomit wow. because she thought that was fun. Yeah. Here. That was the only fun. And so going through that eating attentively and learning, she was able to go to the state fair for the first time in years, have her fun food that she wanted, her pleasure food of cookies and corn dogs, but she'd only have one cookie. And that was all her body really wanted, or a couple bites of a corn dog or a beer, but not feeling awful after. And she thoroughly enjoyed herself and was so, so excited. She's gone to restaurants again that she's avoided for years and um, has just had a whole new relationship with food, which then has turned into her exercising has improved and her relationship with her husband is now improved. Like everything's just kind of rippled from there. And that's something that you teach, right? Like those little habits build off of each other to create this great life that you deserve to live. Yeah, exactly. I, my big kind of rebellion myself is to rebel against um, not putting yourself first. So just give yourself two minutes a day and do your habit and there you will see huge ripples into the rest of your life. I love that. I've learned a lot from you in your two minutes to what do, what do you call it? Two minutes to potential to your potential. Two minutes to potential. It's a great group. Um, and speaking of, where can my listeners find you on social media? So I'm on Facebook. Um, my Facebook page is Just Be. My group, if you want to get into the goals and the habits, are is Two Minutes to Your Potential. I'm also on Instagram of Just Be Life Coaching. And my website is also JustBeLifeCoaching.com. Easy enough. I will link all of those in... Um, the episode notes on my website, which is amberewilford.com. So you can find all of those things. Otherwise, you can just search Just Be, and I'm sure she will pop up on Instagram and Facebook. Bridget has lots of great tools, and um, her group is your two minutes to potential group is a free group, yes? Correct, yeah. So jump in there and learn from her because you can live a fun life, right? You deserve to live a fun life. That is right. Any last things you want to let my listeners know? Um, if you're interested in life coaching, I have um, a free 30-minute call that I offer just asking questions. It's nothing, no pressure by any means, just more if you have questions, it's a way to actually talk to me. And so that is on my website as well. And I think it's on Facebook too. That's but awesome. If you're interested in that. That's a good and easy way to figure out if life coaching is for you and if Bridget's the right fit and you're the right fit for Bridget too. So correct. Awesome. One last question for you. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to live fiercely? Oh, to me, I think going back to this isn't your practice life and just living as if this is it and you're going to have fun. And that's my, my way of living fiercely. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you for being here, Bridget. Thank you so much. <laughs>